You're listening to the PCOS Collective, the podcast that helps you manage your PCOS symptoms without restriction. I'm your host, Alex Williams, a registered associate nutritionist who specializes in PCOS management and food freedom. Before we get started, a quick message from this season's sponsor. This season of the PCOS Collective is sponsored by Time Health. Time Health produce UK-made, high-quality inositol supplements for people with PCOS. Keep listening to learn more about Time Health's inositol products and for an exclusive discount code for listeners of the PCOS Collective. Hi everybody, welcome to the final episode of season one of the PCOS Collective with me, Alex Williams. I have had a really exciting week because I've had a business name change. Um, If you're listening to this at the time of release, it was uh, this week on Monday and I'm really, really excited to streamline my business and I feel really aligned to the name PCOS Collective. So it's all kind of coming together. The podcast has the same name as the business and it all feels really, really good. So my aim always for the Facebook group I've created for my email newsletter and this podcast is to create an educational and supportive community of people with PCOS who are all there to help each other. And I really wanted the name to reflect that as well. So I think that's what it's done. Uh, I feel good about it anyway, and I'd love to hear what you think. So head over to PCOS underscore collective on Instagram and check out the changes there and help us um, in growing this amazing community. So for today's episode, I thought I'd finish off our first amazing season by answering some of your questions. I tend to do weekly Q&A sessions over on Instagram every Tuesday, but I find writing the answers actually really quite difficult. I always have loads and loads to say and so many nuances and caveats that I want to make. And I feel like I'm not always doing the questions justice. So let's try a Q&A over here on the pod instead. And thank you so much to everyone who sent in questions. I love hearing from you so much. Um, We have time for about eight questions today, so we better get started. So the first question is a nutrition myth. Do I need to cut out carbohydrates? I have been told by my doctor that I should be low, if not a no carb uh, diet. So... Regardless of body weight, people with PCOS tend to have coexisting insulin resistance. So I think this is where this nutrition myth comes from. Um, And removing carbohydrates from your diet or reducing them to a very, very low level will likely result in a fixation on food, especially really enhancing those carb cravings that we know people with insulin resistance in particular already have. And it'll really exacerbate symptoms like brain fog or feeling lightheaded, um, increased fatigue, for example, because glucose is our brain's preferred source of uh, energy. And, you know, glucose is so key and fundamental in carbohydrates. So instead of cutting out carbohydrates, you could try swapping to whole grain or brown versions of your favorite pasta or bread or rice. Um, which will help increase the carbohydrate, uh, sorry, the fiber content and slow down that release of glucose into the bloodstream. You might find it also beneficial to pair carbohydrates with fats and proteins to slow down blood glucose release. 
So try kind of balancing those meals and snacks with, you know, lean proteins, with other fats, and this should help with reducing carbohydrate cravings, helping manage your PCOS symptoms. But the kind of key takeaway here is that you do not have to cut out carbohydrates to manage PCOS. The second question is on a similar vein. It's, do I need to cut out gluten? And despite a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people with PCOS cutting out gluten, there's actually no evidence to suggest that this needs to be done to manage symptoms. You know, of course, if you have celiac disease or you're gluten intolerant, then removing gluten would be beneficial for you in terms of your overall health. Um, but because of the risk of having below optimal fiber, iron, folate, uh, niacin and zinc intake in people on a gluten-free diet, careful planning really is required if you are going to remove gluten. And the next question is, I'm just going to carry on because it's to do with dairy and it's the same answer here. You know, there's no evidence to suggest that dairy needs to be removed from the diet. Um, there is a relatively recent study that has um, come out and then that says that there's no evidence to conclusively say that people with PCOS need to cut out dairy. In a few small studies in people who don't have PCOS, there is some evidence that fat-free or low-fat dairy may contribute to acne development. This is because when you remove the fat, you're changing the food matrix, it's creating a different hormone profile. So if you are concerned about your one of your symptoms being acne, for example, then maybe try full-fat dairy and see how that works out for you. With any sort of dietary change or gentle nutrition kind of addition you're going to add into your diet, it's just really important to be curious and not judgmental um, and just, you know, treat it like a science experiment and find out what works for you. So our next question is about movement and the uh, questioner asks, I have been told to stop doing high intensity exercise for my PCOS. Is this true? I don't know who they've been told that by. Um, they didn't mention it, but I just want to say there's no one size fits all approach to exercise or movement for PCOS and different forms of exercise work for different people. And if you're trying to force yourself to do movement you don't enjoy, this can really have a negative effect on your symptoms and it's completely unsustainable. So if hit or high intensity exercise or whatever it is that you're doing is something that you enjoy then keep doing it if you're liking it if you're enjoying if it's feeling good then keep going the only kind of caveat i suppose is that lots of um, high intensity exercise may increase your cortisol levels so that's the amount of stress on the body um which we know is key another key player i suppose in uh, in pcos so it's just all about being mindful of your body not pushing it too far um and really remembering that you're the expert of your own body if doing high intensity training you know two three times a week feels good for you then keep doing what feels good and just being really mindful of how it's making your body feel is kind of key here I love recommending Time Health Inositol supplements to my clients, as Inositol can be so useful to help people with PCOS manage their symptoms. But there are so many Inositol supplements out there, it can feel overwhelming figuring out which one to choose. The reason I recommend Time Health supplements is because both their Inositol complex capsules and Myo-ND Cairo Inositol powder form contain the optimal, research-based 40 to 1 ratio of Myo to D Cairo Inositol. 
This is believed to mirror the physiological ratio of inositol in the body and may work more effectively than taking the inositols individually. To get 15% off your Time Health order, use the code The Collective Wellness 15 at checkout. That's The Collective Wellness 15. Thank you, Time Health. Okay, next question. I want to get pregnant, but the doctor, but my doctor is only telling me to lose weight. What can I do? So, firstly, I just want to say that I am genuinely really sorry that you're being treated in this way. And to be honest, being, you know, kind of discriminated against. And you deserve quality, compassionate care. Um, so, if you are wanting to get pregnant, I would recommend taking a prenatal multivitamin. That will be a great foundation for getting your body ready um, and kind of in the best place to conceive. You know, it contains things like folic acid, which you know is essential um, before pregnancy and for the first 12 weeks or so. I would also um, recommend heading over to Nicola Salmon's Instagram at Fat Positive Fertility and take a look at her book, Fat and Fertile. That might help with um, breaking down kind of the research and the kind of almost rumours, I suppose, or the myths around um, getting pregnant in a fat body. And yeah, so I definitely check out her resources and she also has some really great work on advocating for yourself in the doctors. Um, which you shouldn't have to do, but unfortunately, people in fat bodies do have to do that. It's um, really frustrating. But if you do want further one-on-one support to help your conception journey, then I have a new program called Food Freedom Fertility over on pcoscollective.co.uk, where we can work together um, to help prepare your body for conception. But those two things, so starting taking a supplement and checking out Nicola's work, I think will be really beneficial to get you started. Okay, next question. Does acupuncture work for PCOS symptoms? I really want to try it. So for PCOS, there has been a few studies about acupuncture suggesting that it may improve ovulation and help regulate androgen levels. Um, We do need more evidence though. We need more high quality evidence. So things like meta-analysis, for example. Um, But if you do find acupuncture relaxing or you're kind of curious, you want to give it a go, Um, then I would just recommend using a regulated qualified practitioner as you can imagine Um, so it may actually be beneficial in terms of you know if it does relax you and it lowers that cortisol then that can be beneficial for PCOS you know we don't know exactly why uh, acupuncture would necessarily directly work for PCOS but that could be one way it does it by you know if you're more relaxed your cortisol levels lower which helps with your um, hormonal balance so it could be worth a try if it's something you want to give a go Um, But it's actually easier said than done to actually find a weight-inclusive, non-diet acupuncturist who kind of stays in their lane in terms of nutrition. Um, There's a lot of horror stories out there about the things that, you know, acupuncturists and other healthcare professionals, as you, I'm sure you all know, will kind of say to you in terms of, you know, when you haven't asked for nutrition advice and people just kind of come out with it. So I would use the Hayes Register. I I will leave the link to it below in the show notes. I don't know off the top of my head, but if you just Google Hayes Register, it should come up. Um, And you can find uh, Hayes aligned practitioners in your area. So you should be able to find someone who aligns with your values and who can help. And you can have a conversation with and see if acupuncture is something you want to try. Okay, the next question is, I have endometriosis and PCOS. Are they linked together? So... The conditions are similar in terms of they're both linked to the reproductive system. 
Um, they present in people who are born with female reproductive organs, but there actually isn't any evidence to suggest that they are related to each other. But it is possible to have both conditions at the same time. And that's kind of all we know about those two conditions. I think they, the evidence has just found that they aren't linked. That's kind of what we know so far. Okay, we're on to our final question of today as I'm looking at the time. Um, what does inositol do exactly? I've heard lots about it and I want to try it, but I just don't understand it. So I think this is a really great question to end on because it is a super common question. I pretty much get the majority of the questions in my question box on a Tuesday are to do with inositol. I think it's because it's, it's a really new i guess new um kind of interesting supplement that people are curious about but it's not one of those supplements that they know the name of it's not like vitamin c or an omega-3 that people have heard about for years so let's chat a bit about it so inositol is kind of categorized in the vitamin b complex but it's not a vitamin a vitamin b mineral uh, vitamin sorry um it acts as a vitamin like substance and it's actually an intracellular messenger so it's involved in insulin signaling in particular human adults um, consume about a gram of inositol a day in different forms and it's actually made in the body from glucose um, found and it's found in you know fruits beans grains and nuts so we do kind of consume on a daily basis we make a little bit of it but in trials um, it has been seen to help with PCOS symptoms and there are two forms of inositol that are of particular interest to us dechiro and myo-inositol so dechiro inositol I hope I'm saying this right as well these one of those words that you just I read and I you know I sit talk about it with my clients and I I don't know it's dechiro or dechiro but anyway dechiro inositol that's what I'm going to call it is involved in regulating testosterone production and there has been some link that it reduces the risk of metabolic disease so things like high blood pressure increased blood lipids um, increased blood glucose uh, myo-inositol is involved in the function of FSH, which is follicle-stimulating hormone, so a key hormone in our reproductive uh, cycle, and it is also involved in ovulation. Plus, um, myo-inositol has actually been seen to improve egg quality and increasing the chance of conception in some studies. Um, and both of these types of inositol, as you can imagine, if they are insulin, um, if they're involved in kind of insulin signaling that they do help with um, the metabolism of carbohydrates and increase the effectiveness of insulin to move glucose from the blood into the cells which helps with our blood glucose levels so it's all linked to insulin resistance so the current research suggests that supplementing inositol in a 40 to 1 ratio of myo to dechiro inositol is the most effective dosage as it most closely mirrors the ratio in the body so i would look out for supplements um, that reflect that ratio so as you know this podcast is sponsored by time health and they have an amazing inositol supplement so i would start there if you are looking um, but inositol is still kind of considered an experimental supplement so basically that means that there isn't quite enough evidence to for it to be conclusively recommended for pcos um, so it's just always important to keep that in mind and tell your healthcare professional, whoever you're working with, your GP, your uh, gynecological team, whoever it is that you're working with, you are taking it just as a precaution. So anyway, I hope this episode was useful, answered some of your pressing PCOS questions. 
And I really hope that the festive season we've got coming up is happy and a really healthy time for you. And I will actually be releasing a new um, resource next Wednesday. And I think you're going to really, really enjoy it. So keep an eye out on the PCOS Collective on Instagram for that. So PCOS underscore collective. And yeah, just keep an eye on there. Keep an eye on the emails as I will be sending you uh, the first access to that next week. So I look forward to speaking to you again in the new year for a new season, season two of the PCOS Collective podcast. Bye. Thank you for listening to the PCOS Collective. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, please rate, review and subscribe. 